Major Nelson, what are you doing here? That's what I'll be saying in the nursing home one day. You know what else I'll say? Is this thing on? This is big green. Uh Great to be a part of this. It is. Big Green is back. It's back for for October, baby. October. <laughs> Rocktober, baby. <laughs> Rocktober, baby. I got a little bit of help with this. Matt is helping me, and I need it. Yeah, I feel privileged. It's privileged. We're going to hear from uh, Mr. Ned, the talking horse. We're going to hear a couple of new songs. Well, not new songs, but... <laughs> Songs you haven't heard. They're new to me. They're new to everyone. Lots to come up. Lots to come out. Plus a tribute to the chief scientist at NASA. And don't forget people who have passed. Stay tuned. is a horse, of course, of course, and no one should speak of this dancing horse. That is, of course, unless the horse is owned by Willard Mead. Go right to the source and ask the horse. Your learning belongs to his wife, of course. These are the words you must endorse. There's no dancing, Mr. Ned. Candidates, they boast and brag, exaggerate today. Mr. Ned won't own up to it because it would look like he's gay. A horse is a horse, of course, of course, but this one belongs to its wife, of course. You never heard of its dancing horse. Well, listen to this. Wrong is dancing. <laughs> the sky is green and glowing where my heart is. Where my heart is where. Hey, Ned, what's up with a nifty uniform? You haven't been going through my old trunk from college days, have you? I gave my manservant explicit instructions not to let anyone tamper with my collection of trooper uniforms. You never know when I might need to use them again. Open your eyes, Willard. This isn't your pretend state trooper uniform. This is an official Starfleet uniform from the hit TV series Star Trek. I'm a lieutenant commander, according to these stripes. Are you attending some kind of horse costume party? When is the last time you let me go to a party? I've been left here on standby for 40 years, just in case you get the urge to masquerade as a mounted policeman or something. (laughs) Ned, really, what's with the uniform? You're never gonna believe me. Try me. Well, Willard, I made an important discovery right here in this barn. You know that side door that hasn't been used in years? <laughs> yes, that was the custom-made entrance to the barn that I had constructed to receive marzipan shipments. Marzipan was my father's third favorite snack. The old barn foreman, old Will Post, used to sign for them. <laughs> 
Hey, that name sounds familiar. Well, it should. He used to own this place at one time. That was before Anne and I saw it and fell in love with it. A real legitimate piece of Americana. Post didn't want to sell. That is, until his architecture firm was mysteriously bought out (laughs) and was creatively outsourced to Indonesia. He lost everything, and we were able to snatch up this place for a song. The sky is green and glowing. We kept him on as a foreman, without pay, of course, so he could qualify for public assistance. Though he was too proud to take it. I think the upper part of his cranium might still be kicking around here someplace. And we still use some of his old plaid shirts as cleanup rags. <laughs> In an alternate television universe, he used to listen to my clever horse banter. Anyhow, Willard, about that side door, I discovered that it was actually a window. A window into another dimension. Wow, Ned, that sounds incredible. Are you sure it wasn't just a door to the side pasture? Of course I'm sure. The door is some kind of portal. It's a tear in the space-time continuum. And Willard, when I walked through it, it led me straight into Murgatroyd. I mean, into purgatory. You don't say. Then we should put a sign on that door. We wouldn't want one of the 53% to walk in there by mistake. Good heavens, no. Not before the election, anyway. (laughs) So, Ned, what was purgatory like? Actually, Willard, it was a lot like Mayberry. In fact, it was Mayberry. And I was stranded there for two weeks. I'm now sad to say that I know what RFD stands for. My parents never let us watch that show due to the explicit sexual content. Or was it because of the violence? Say, what does RFD stand for? Nothing good, Willard. All I know is that the writers for that stupid show use my arrival as an excuse to produce six horse-themed episodes in a row. I was forced to play some little wiener kid's new pony three times. Creativity wasn't exactly running rampant around that place. Let me tell you no siree. I finally started enthusiastically breaking wind in every scene, ruining every take. It was my only way out of that apocalyptic hellscape. (laughs) I'll have to remember that trick if I'm ever in a similar situation. It would have come in pretty handy at the Republican debates. I'm sure that everyone would have suspected Newt. (laughs) So finally they let me leave. I found the portal and ended up back home in the barn. Are you sure that door doesn't just lead to another soundstage? This part of California is Studio Central, after all, Ned. And what about the Starfleet uniform? You haven't explained that yet. The next time I went through the portal, I found myself in a place where no horse had gone before. Ah, you made it to the set of Star Trek. No, I think it was Mission Impossible. Normally they couldn't afford to have horses on that cheap show. All they had was a closet full of Nazi uniforms. None in my size, of course. (laughs) Sounds like you made it to Desilu Studios at least, so you must have been getting closer. Instead of me taking the next two days to explain this to you, Willard, why don't we just go through the portal together and you can see for yourself. Uh, I don't think so, Ned. My recent much-hailed debate performance has upped my credibility with the American people again. I've got a rigorous fundraising tour scheduled for the next few weeks. I've got billionaires to shake down. No time for trekking, I'm afraid. (laughs) 
Willard, this is a temporal distortion that we're talking about. You can literally spend days in the past and still come back in time for your lunch today with Sheldon Edelson. Well, that's a relief. I'm obligated to assure him on a daily basis that I intend to halt the Justice Department's corruption investigation into his company, and also that I intend to stall my friend Benjamin Netanyahu's bomb illustration into the National Museum. If we waste any more time talking about this, Willard, not only will I lose my hoarse voice, but we'll have to make this a first-ever two-part episode of this show. Well, tally-ho, then, Ned. Come on. <coughs> Look out. Oh, wow, this is weird. It's like having a religious experience. Angel Maroney, are you here? Pipe down, Willard. You're gonna offset our trajectory with stupid waves. <coughs> Whoa. Well, I'll be. You weren't completely full of horse duty for a change. Well, actually, I am, which is a bit of a problem because there's no outhouses on this ship. So, we're here, hurtling through outer space at an incredible rate of speed. Uh, so, what do we do now? Willard, when I was here the last time, I took the liberty of setting things up for you. Think of it like your own simulator test for becoming commander-in-chief. You're the captain of this ship, the Free Enterprise. I've assembled a crack team of neocons to be your officers. And I am, naturally, your first officer and science specialist. Not that you'll need one. Obviously, the only science that's useful to us is limited to munitions manufacture or mineral extraction. Let me introduce you to the bridge crew. This is Commander Wolfowitz. Hey, Paul. Lieutenant Commander Pearl. Good to see you too, Richard. Um, yeah, hi, Mitt. Lieutenant Bolton. How are you, John? Oh, goodbye, Mitt. Wow, what a crew. This is Mr. Sulu at the helm. Why the holdover from the original cast? Is he a neocon now? I'm no neocon, Mitt. I mean, Captain... The truth is, Willard, I mean, Captain, he's the only guy who knows how to work the toggle switches on these consoles. Also, I don't know if you've heard, but he's come out as a homosexual, and now no one wants to use his control console. They don't want to risk catching the gay, if you know what I mean. And you can't kill that stuff with Lysol. Well, that's completely understandable, then. I thought so. And who's this charming young lady at navigation? This is Yeoman Iron Rand. Hello, darling. Wow, this crew is the finest in the fleet. A real dream team in space. It's even better. We've got Commodore Cheney on board as well, though he's currently indisposed. Is he busy subverting intelligence in order to justify attacking some planet that is by pure coincidence rich in dilithium crystals? No, he's down at sickbay having another heart transplant. One of the reasons he agreed to serve here was the ship's ready supply of red-shirted donors. Well, I should send him a bouquet of severed heads or something like that. Ensign Black is doing that right now, with your compliments, Willard. Gee whiz, would that be Kofer Black? He knows his way around severed heads in every sector of the galaxy. <laughs> Captain, we're approaching a planet. It just appeared out there all of a sudden, as if it were somehow cloaked and then uncloaked. Though it could just be an anomaly created by our cash-strapped special effects department. 
This is amazing. <laughs> I was wondering when the show would get started. Willard, I mean, Captain, someone or something is trying to make contact with us. It's like a psychedelic cloud of collapsing interstellar gas, sir. <laughs> I don't usually go in for those groovy head rush effects, but the swirling colors are pretty nice to see, I've got to admit. Captain, our controls are frozen. Weapon systems have also got out, sir. Is the transporter working? I just remembered that I'm late for a speaking engagement on Cato's pleasure planet. We are the Maronians. We have scanned your vessel and discovered that your intentions are most usually hostile. Hey, I think I might be having that religious experience after all. Hi there, I'm Captain Willard Mitt Romney of the Starship Free Enterprise. Do you have any new text to reveal to us today, O-Lords? Willard, you're not talking to the god of the Mormons, you know. Well, at least not of all the Mormons. No, sir. We've tangled with the Mormon gods before. The planet Caleb is in a completely different part of the galaxy. We are the Maronians. If you are done with your irritating Earth-style chattering, we, the Maronians, have created a special test for you. You creatures of Earth, you... In order to determine your true intentions towards our space, we, the Maronians... I wonder if the translator is set correctly. Their speech is very convoluted. <clears throat> we, the Maronians, have scanned your ship and found it to contain a considerable quantity of illegal cosmic fracking chemicals. But since that happens to also be the traditional fizzy drink that we consume during the Festival of the Pulsar, we will let you slide on that one. And we, the Maronians, will accept the fracking fluid as a tribute to our High Prefect. Admiral Chady won't be happy about that. Yeah, the ingredients for Halliburton's fracking fluid are proprietary. As you were, Mr. Pearl. After all, we must render unto Maroni what is Maroni's. I vote we blast the top ten stories off of all the buildings in their capital city. I mean, where do they get off threatening the free enterprise? Bolton might be right, Willard. If they drink all our fracking fluid for their stupid space festival, how are we going to coax the lithium crystals out of their planet's carcass? Oh no, not you too, Ned. I think that there may just be a way that we can frack out their crystals, destroy their futuristic cities, and still come out of this with a national persecution complex, and also still be able to worship their Moroniness, or their Moronitude. We are the Moronians. We are still here, you know, as long as you see the swirling colors on your view screen. <laughs> what do you intend to do with us, O oh Holy of Holies? We, the Moronians. Oh, sweet Jesus. Hey, I think I see him, too. After assimilating all the data held in your computer's memory banks and those from your onboard think tank, we've decided to put you and your crew through an ordeal in order to see which Earthling ideology is stronger. Laissez-faire capitalism or a slightly more timid version of laissez-faire capitalism. We will be staging a battle pitting you and three of your bridge crew officers against three infamous characters dredged up from your own planet's sordid past. <laughs> that sounds kind of like what I went through when I ran for the Senate in Massachusetts. What gives you the right to subject us to any test? Nobody said anything to my agent about this. The truth is that, statistically, horses don't tend to test well. Captain, they've started to show us pictures of figures from history. 
How notoriously liberal. Franklin Delano Roosevelt, president for four of your Earth time periods called terms. He experimented with mild forms of social engineering, including creating an entitlement system that doomed 47% of his fellow countrymen to a subhuman class of moochery. Paul Krugman, a so-called prize-winning liberal economist and an annoying little shrimp. Howard Zinn, a chronic complainer and advocate for a variety of subclasses, as well as defeated traitors, losers, and layabouts. This angelic holy space spokesman is starting to sound a bit like Newt. <laughs> I find it to be very refreshing. In order to more easily converse with you... Hey, he didn't start by saying we the Maronians this time. Much obliged, Earthling. We the Maronians have decided that to more easily converse with you, we are going to send a special ambassador. He will arrive shortly, and he will prepare you for the coming battle. So let me get this straight. Three of us are supposed to go fisticuffs with an equal number of roboticized facsimiles of liberals. Oh yes, and dibs on the one in the wheelchair. <laughs> in my youth, <laughs> I used to chase down hippies and assorted girly men. Suppose you really never forget how to do some things. Do we need to bring our own scissors? <laughs> They're doing this for their own entertainment, Willard. It strikes me that the Moronians have too much time on their multiple tentacles. That's true, Mr. Ned, and I for one know the feeling. They should try yachting or acquiring investment properties or even running for office for Pete's sake. Captain, someone is materializing on the bridge. Yes, Mitt. It's me, Richard Milhouse Nixon. Wow, you've always been a great personal hero of mine. And according to the conservative version of Wikipedia, your presidency was a complete triumph. Not that it ever really matters from this policy standpoint, but how can he truly be real? All I know is that I am exactly who I appear to be. Just like the three liberals that you are supposed to fight down on the planet are exactly what they appear to be. Well, my gosh, Mr. President, this is a humdinger of a conundrum, and honestly, I'm not quite sure how I should proceed. Willard, I was president during the original filming of this stupid show. At least for its last season, and I seem to recall that you have equipment aboard that can help you determine who I am, and thus gauge the veracity of my statements. Now, <laughs> aboard the Free Enterprise, we just have piles of weapons and a plethora of drilling equipment. That's all we need and all we believe in. That is, other than yourselves, O oh Lord, the angels of God's eternal light. We do have some torture equipment. Most of the gear is stored in Cheney's cabin. Willard, let me try the Palomino mine meld on Nixon. I might be able to find out what their true intentions are, and also get in a few questions about my horoscope for this week. Palomino mine meld? I thought that Mr. Ned was an Arabian horse. Arabian? Captain, he must be a Muslonian tower horse, sent from Pegasus to kill our red shirts and deprive us of our mining rights. At the very least, he's probably in the Bobulid. <laughs> Wolf alerts, Pearl. Grab him before he destroys the spaceship. Oh, Wolfowitz is dead, Matt.
I was unprepared for his attack. I instinctively gave him the Palomino death kick. But there is no such thing as a Palomino death kick. Well, then I'd say that I just invented it. Captain, Commodore Cheney is calling up from sickbay. He wants to know if Wolfowitz's heart is okay. Hey, that's right. I just lost a man. <laughs> I guess I'll have to write a space telegram to his family. He was a hero in every sense of my limited definition of the word. Tell the commoner that we're sending the heart down in a bucket. We are the Maronians. The animatronic Nixon is talking again. Oh, sorry. I'm obliged to say that once in a while. Just a few bugs in the system. <laughs> Who is it that said I had no sense of humor? Back when I was president, we had a problem very much like this. The American people were at each other's throats. We were at war with a similar ideology, both at home and abroad. I had choices to make that would affect the future of civilization itself. And of course, my own legacy. I proudly gave orders for men to sneak into my political enemy's camp and crap on whatever they couldn't steal. Sir, you are notorious for attacking your enemies while in the midst of negotiations. But don't get me wrong, I think that's a good thing. We are the Maronians! I thought they weren't going to talk to us directly anymore. We are having a little trouble with the Paul Krugman robot. Something's just not quite right about his arm units. We can't seem to get them to go up and down correctly. And he keeps falling over. Perhaps we made him too head-heavy. We still get to choose which robots to fight, right? Dibs and Krugman. That would be a Jew robot, wouldn't it? Hey, you really are, Nixon. We are the Maronians. We tried to say it a little differently that time, just to show you that we are not completely without mercy. We can now fill you in on the logistics of your upcoming trial. If only we had the power to break free of this orbit. Why is it that everything always breaks down and never works when you need it to on this show? The only thing that ever works are wild theories made up on the spur of the moment and that are only reputed to have a one in a million chance of working. Well, Willard, you'll be glad to know that I just pulled one of those out of my own horse ass and I've just relayed the formula to the navigator. Thank you, darling. Captain... We've regained partial maneuverability with the warp drive. Uh, Captain? Don't you want me to pull away from Marodia and warp out of this sector? Captain? Well, truthfully, I hate to leave without having any new sacred tablets revealed to me, but I guess they did want us to fight for our beliefs, didn't they? Best lay in a course for France, and helmsman, make it warp 13. Uh, the ship doesn't go that fast, sir. But what about the Nixon android, Captain? Shouldn't we jettison it into space? Or could we bring it back to the Nixon library, perhaps? Actually, I wouldn't mind having one around my think tank. I could even send it to do some consulting work. Trust me, a Maronian robot is the best thing in the world to have at your side when you're doing missionary work. I'll take him with me. No, no, no. Mr. Ned, give the order to depart and start polishing up your French adverbs. Yes, Captain Willard. Helmsman, make it so. We are the Maronians. Wait, we just about have the Paul Krugman robot working. Oh, damn. His freaking head keeps falling off. You can't leave. We haven't finished transferring the fracking fluid fizzy drink yet. You're leaving a trail. You know, Ned... 
I think this was a good test of my leadership abilities after all. I mean, I was super confident in myself before, but now I'd have to say that I'm super duper confident. Willard, I think that this was a real solid episode of my show, too. I don't think we show any signs at all of plot fatigue or what we in the biz call shark jumping. I've got plans to have Rosie Greer join us next week as special guest star. Perhaps we'll pair him up with the talented and beautiful Paul Williams for some kind of variety show song and dance number. Lots of pastels, Ned. Use lots of pastels. <laughs> Never heard it's dancing horse. Well, listen to this. Romney's dancing Welcome back. Yeah, it's been so long. Yes, here we are. It's October. It's uh, God, not October again. It's October again. It's October fist. It's like, <laughs> those are your put up your October fists. Put up your October fists into the air and march <laughs> to the citadel. October fest sounds German, Joe. I order you. I order you. <laughs> that sounds kind of German by way of. A New Yorker. Yes. <laughs> I order you. I order you. I order you. I order you. <laughs> Is that Trelane? <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was Trelane from, let's see, Star, Star Trek uh, episode. The Squire of Gotham. The Squire of Gotham. Episode yes. 14. Episode 14. In the original half. series. The original the series. First first classic series i don't i have it on my clipboard i don't know if it was episode 14 or not you know the original notes for that show (laughs) carlene was going to be played by charles nelson riley originally charles nelson riley but charles nelson riley was sick he he ate too many of yule gibbons's Gibbons treats. <laughs> he ate too many Gibbons. He ate too many Hollywood Squires. <laughs> Lord knows, everyone's got a limit on those. Yes. Indeed. 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 There. Indeed. Oh my, Jesus. oh my goodness! Giving things away here. Yes, I know. We, we've, uh, we've probably only just listened to the episode of. <laughs> Yes. Yes. We don't want to give people too much, too fast. Horse talk. Yes. That's a bit horse from all the time. It's good that we do horse talk. Okay. So, let's. uh, Welcome to horse talk. Here we are. Let's get this show going here, Joe. Yes. This is Big Green. Starting out with dissembling. (laughs) Not a good sign. We'll be apologizing for that. Yes, well, do we have anything to apologize for this month, Matt? I don't know. There's a lot to apologize. And last last month's show was pretty terrible, Joe. Was it? Yeah. It was was it more bad. terrible than usual? Well, it's Rick's 
did Rick have songs last month? Yeah, I did. Rick had Rick's two songs. Part was good. Rick, I thought tried particularly hard last time. That uh, Romney's horse show that was echoed wearily of the, <laughs> of <laughs> the, the first episode, the show before it, and the yes. anniversary show. But our our part was was below par. Very. From what I understand, our eulogies sad. Did we get bad reviews? I don't remember. Probably. I actually got um, a kind of a critical letter from someone in, let's see. Japan. It was Southern Nevada. Japan. No fixed address. Um, <laughs> saying that we don't really have a hammer mill. That we actually. <laughs> yeah. That but they, where are they we know standing now, fact. Joe? They where know for a fact. Standing? Now, I don't have the, the letter with me. But they know for a fact that the Cheney Hammer Mill was knocked down decades ago. <gasps> turned to rubble. <laughs> and <laughs> was it, it was turned the, over to, to, the to planet, Barney Rubble. To the planet. <laughs> no, it was turned go. over to Barney Rubble. <laughs> he lived next door. Um, <laughs> and so he has property rights. Um, no, it was knocked down years ago, they, they claim. and Well, that, that's why it's in so, such bad shape today. Yes, I know. It's like partially knocked out. But they also claim that there's no way that the original Cheney hammer mill in Little Falls could possibly accommodate everything that we attribute to happening there. Well, I thought that part was particularly critical. Well, time to go get stuffed, Joe. Well, someone with no fixed address uh, did claim that... <laughs> Is this someone I else? Of no I think fi- their name was Ozymandias. Ozymandias? Ozymandias. Sure it wasn't Horsa? Or Hengist? <laughs> Hengist and Horsa. <laughs> Pre-Bonanza. <laughs> <laughs> Those names all mean horse. Man named horse, yes. Man named, man named horse. I think we've been over this. Yes, this is the worst episode ever, Joe. <laughs> no, it isn't. Okay, so the guy from No Fixed Address... Although we know he's in Nevada, I imagine he's probably even an undecided voter. Southern Nevada, yes. <laughs> so he wears like a Confederate uniform or something. <laughs> he wears the equivalent of a Confederate uniform <laughs> in the Old West. <laughs> he's, well, I'm, he's well, I'm confused. talking about the war. He's confused. Uh, he's one of the Dunnigan brothers. <laughs> he's... <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Dunnigan, my friend, <laughs> shot me in the back. He helped each and every one of you. No, that was a different episode. Oh, my God. Joe, this is a terrible episode. It's sinking so fast. No. Oh, I know what I had to tell you. What's that? That's something that you probably already know. But it's like (laughs) the chief scientist at NASA told the world that I wouldn't let him be Neil Armstrong. Oh, God. How did we forget this? (laughs) This may sound like a lie. But it's not. It's the truth. Anyone can see it. It's it's on YouTube. It's a matter of public record. Yes. The guy goes on and tells tells the world that Matt Perry, meaning me, the same me. That's right. Didn't let him be Neil Armstrong because it was my yard. Yes. <laughs> Chief Scientist Walid Abdelati. Yes, we were my childhood friend. friends. <laughs> He He's a very good went man. on to achieve not very much in life. 
<laughs> beyond the being chief scientist at NASA. Besides that, <laughs> besides being chief scientist at the most prestigious scientific enterprise in the country. Yeah, but they asked him questions, you know, how he was interested in how he became interested in the space program. And he went way back <laughs> to when he was four years old and when I was five years old, or maybe he was five and I was six. And we used to, uh, in my backyard, my backyard, let me add. And I was older. <laughs> he did point On the out. swing set. He, he told a hilarious tale. We used to pretend the swing set was our um, Saturn V rocket. And we would launch ourselves into outer space while still being in the backyard every, yes. every other day. Outer space, as it were. And what he didn't go into <laughs> was the countdown we used to do. Oh, how did that go? It was five, four, three, two, one, and it's a beautiful liftoff. I hope they never come back again. <laughs> what? <laughs> Literally, we did that every time. <laughs> my idea, I'm afraid. But it was my yard. <laughs> Dr. Abdelati, are you listening? <laughs> And also, he mentions in the YouTube clip that um, that there would sometimes be a third kid who would get to play the part of of uh, Michael Collins, not the <laughs> not the Irish revolutionary, but Michael Collins, the navigator, pilot, the orbiting guy, the orbit man, <laughs> rocket man. <laughs> But for some reason, I mean, Waleed called him, you know, Collins, but we used to call him Cooley. <laughs> like, because I guess it must have been a joke that either you, Joe, or Sister Lisa came up with because she knew somebody who used to use the word Cooley yeah. for his ass. Yeah. So Cooley yeah. was synonymous with butt to this guy. It was Charlie, it was Charlie Bonanza. So no. you're saying his name. <laughs> no, it was Charlie. Did he become the chief scientist of some important agency, Joe? He worked for the Russians. <laughs> he brought his coolie secrets across the Iron Curtain. Okay, so that guy used to say coolie, and for some reason that, that was transposed to Michael Collins' last name. I have his wrong, his last name is wrong. I, I disguised that oh you did okay well you disguised it with another name that was like of bonanza is the name of a television show (laughs) whenever i'm disguising people's names i give them the name of the last their last name as the name of a television show okay so charlie family affair (laughs) charlie family affair used to run around saying goody 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 okay so lisa or you told me that the guy's nickname was cooley and so i told that to the future chief scientist of nasa so I hope you're satisfied. I'm satisfied. You're satisfied. <laughs> well, he didn't go into some of the other things we used to do, which was to <laughs> to to play Sam and Mac in the war, <laughs> and also Sam and Mac and the Giants, which I think was loosely based on the Irwin Allen television show Land of the Giants. Of course, because everything has to be based on television. <laughs> Yeah, everything was. Right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, Major Nelson, what are you doing here? And then the, the next thing I knew, uh, Waleed and I were making up very bizarre conceptual plays, along with our 
our cohorts, the, the Burke sisters, <laughs> and treating the neighborhood to our avant-garde place <laughs> in which we had no scripts. We would just kind of improvise <laughs> for a half an hour. <laughs> See, my phone just you made had, some really strange music. You had no... <laughs> no, we had that no was scripts. Me. We had no scripts. We you had just, no script at all? No, we would oh, just that's make up the dialogue. We would make up a situation and then we'd hmm. improvise the dialogue. Interesting. It would usually be some kind of detective story as far as I yeah. believe. Yeah, Miss Dunn! I wish we did write the scripts because then I would, I would have them. Yeah, very similar to the way that was done. Yeah. It was only yeah. a few years later. I know. I always think of that as like a long time after that, but it wasn't. So the only difference is, is what Joe is referring to is some things that we did manage to videotape later on, which uh, Walid was not in. He was already probably almost a chief scientist well, at my, that point. My dad came back from a trip to California with the. I think with, with the first video camera yeah. we'd ever seen. Yeah, they brought that back from California, yes. didn't they? Yeah. It's the first video camera that we ever had in the house. Yes, it was and black it was, and white. It was a it was a VHS. That was 1980. <laughs> it wasn't a camcorder. It had a separate unit yes. that you would Yeah, you, well, you hooked it into any VCR. And we, of course, immediately started... <laughs> yes, we did improvise. Terrible movies. Terrible plays. That were just... Shots of us being idiots. Well, that was an extension of what we used to do, you know, down the basement with the chief scientist. But we have literally years of. (laughs) I was thinking about what else I did with Walid, and one of the other things was to, uh, was to sing along with. We were essentially trying to be Beatlemania, (laughs) as ten-year-olds, and (laughs) we would go down the basement and put on like. Rubber soul, and we we figured out that if you turn the balance all the way to one side, you just get music, and you turn their voices right. off, so we could substitute old style our stereo. Voices. Yeah. Nice. So if I ever want to blackmail the chief scientist of NASA, <laughs> all I have to do is send him <laughs> a recording of of let's see, which I still have some of those recordings of us doing like Norwegian wood, and uh, I remember those. What else? Probably. Well, what other? songs were on that record they actually didn't sound bad (laughs) terrible (laughs) Walid was actually pretty good he was actually before his voice changed so his voice was still pretty high and you know he was doing the Paul McCartney parts and I was doing the John Lennon part Walid if you hear this (laughs) $10,000 I want my own Saturn (laughs) 5 you must have a few leftover Saturn 5s lying around I want (laughs) <laughs> I want it with troops to show me how to use it. <laughs> I want it right in the place where that swing set was. <laughs> Sam and Mac want the... <laughs> oh, the Sam and Mac thing, which I think I told you the other day when we were talking about this, is uh, I decided at one point that Don was a cooler name than Sam, and so so I changed my name, my play name to Don, and Waleed took over, like... Sam? I think Sam was cooler than Mac, but it could have been the other way around. I think Sam was cooler. Yeah, so, so Waleed took over Sam. So he moved <laughs> up in rank. So just like... Uh, well, it's like the story he told about about... The third kid being Collins. Right, right, right. And you guys. If there was a third kid, he would have been Mac. You were always. (laughs) Because it was your yard or whatever. Which is kind of like. Well, I was the ringleader. I was the ringleader. 
I was older. That's why. Yeah, it's usually it's the usual pecking order uh, thing. You know, stupid kids. He was a smart kid. Oh yeah, he was. He was a good guy. He's probably a terrible man now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. I watch his speeches on YouTube, and it's like, that's Waleed. I, I know. <laughs> that's totally. That's Waleed grown up. I mean, he's they just, didn't substitute him. No, he's still got that kind of same kind of smile he used to have. It's very very nice. But um, the interesting thing about about him is that <laughs> there is <laughs> the the crackhead right wing blogosphere. Oh, for a yeah, while, we're yeah. latching on to Waleed as being some kind of like, like um, terrorist plant or something like that. Right. And and there was some blog. I forget the name of the woman. It's it's this right wing, you know. Or was it affiliated with mouth. like one of like the bright like world side. net? Daily oh or no, not one, that one. One of those. I mean, it, <laughs> it was it was similar to that. It was in that it was in that uh, right wing blogosphere right. where where fact has has no purchase and and they were saying well we don't know anything about this man he seemed to come out of nowhere who is like, he? he must have come from he has no from past. Yemen or something he has no past he's an egyptian he has no past and he, he was of course born yeah. in the country so i put a post on her stupid freaking <laughs> built down man blog and i said look asshole he grew up across the street from me in new hartford the one of the most white Rock rib Republican <laughs> towns you ever knew. I saw him grow up. You suck. Yes, I, I'm afraid you couldn't get any more American. No. Next question. <laughs> well, moving along. So Indeed. Who, who died, Joe? Who died? Let's see. Um, actually, quite a long list of people died. I actually listed three. Oh, good. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, Andy Williams died, Joe. Oh, that's right. That's right. You know, it's interesting. One of the first songs they ever sang. It's another moon song, isn't it? <laughs> moon River. <laughs> the only thing I know about Andy I never Williams learned how to sing it. <laughs> was his old television show that if uh, one particular year, if you tu- tried to tune into it, you ended up seeing a very strange show indeed. The prisoner. Oh, that's right. He was that's the summer replacement right. for the summer Andy Williams replacement. show. Yeah, that's right. At I forgot in this about country. that. Yeah, no, you told me. I wouldn't have known otherwise because that no, was but kind of right. before my television watching days. You're right. Back in the days when they had summer replacements, when shows would yeah. actually run from one end of the year to the yeah. other, and then in the summer they take take the yeah. summer off, and they replaced it with the prisoner, which yeah. was. I had, it's still about one of the strangest shows anyone ever thought of making. But it's insane. Um, yeah, Andy Williams, though. He's gone. Do you have anything to say about Andy Andy Williams? I'm afraid I don't much. He because... was a good friend of Robert Kennedy. Um, oh, was he really? I didn't he, know that. He was indeed. He. I remember him having Simon and Garfunkel on his show doing, <laughs> doing a trio with Just them. Just trying to depress everyone. Yes, <laughs> yes. But then he kind of went... In his later years, he kind of went right wing. Yeah, I thought so. Because yeah. that's kind of what I was going to say before. Rosie went... Greer. It happened to him. Yeah, I know. It happened to he him. He ended too. up being a, a Reagan supporter, yeah. sort of. But you never know about people. I mean, back when he was younger, he was kind of. He, he he was a. Uh, uh, he kind of went the other way. Yeah. A fighting young priest who could talk to the yes. even younger yes. folks. 
Uh, Barry Commoner died too. I know. First man I ever voted for president for. Wow. Um, our older brother Mark was very much taken with Barry Commoner in 1980. Yeah, he thought died. a lot. Of, he thought a lot of him, and I ended up. I ended up voting for him. Well, he was an excellent environmentalist. Yeah, he and, was. And he ran for president for Pete's sake. Yes, against against Carter and I, Reagan. I saw him talk years later. I think it was at Utica College. Were you there? Rings a bell. Yeah, you were probably might there. have. So it was before I was able to drive, probably. So you probably had. To I might have been him. there. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I was sorry to hear that. Yeah, good man. He w- he was in his nineties, I believe. Yeah, he lived quite a long time. And let's see, who else do I have oh, written down? Oh yeah, Arlen Specter. Oh, I know. Holy moly, that's right, Senator Arlen Specter. Yes, who wanted to? Uh, <laughs> wanted to get Anita Hill on perjury. perjury yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was a little. <laughs> yeah, he was a little hard on her, as I remember. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, not, but he was easy on Thomas. He, he, he kind of, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He kind of, yeah. I guess that was okay. <laughs> that was one of the one of the greatest uh, confirmation hearings. It was absolutely hilarious. To Are hear. you writing a book? Thomas talking about who's <laughs> <laughs> that? Like Howell Heflin. That was oh, Howell okay. Heflin. Yeah, yeah. That's right. He was on there book? too. He was on that committee. <laughs> Strom Thurmond was still yeah, there too, you know. Did you ever raise podcasts? <laughs> <laughs> now I'm remembering the Saturday night routine that was based on it. <laughs> Did you ever raise podcasts? Mrs. Hill. Now, Arlen Specter, who started out as a prosecutor. Yeah. And as a Democrat. Yeah, he was Democrat, then he became, became a Republican, then he became a Democrat again. Yeah, at the very end. Just to kind of keep his seat, I think, which didn't quite work out too well. No, it didn't didn't work out at all. Yeah, I've yeah, I've, we've heard nothing but really good things said about him the last few days. Oh, what, you must be listening to NPR or something. Yeah, because you know, pretty much <laughs> any Republican <laughs> that ever lived is going to get praised on NPR. Yeah, but uh, somehow, yes, that won't save you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, they've got their underwriters, Joe. They'll yes. still be piped to the. They'll the, still be piped to the suburbs. They That's have all they to care keep about. them happy. <laughs> they have to keep them very happy. They'll lose their their urban affiliates. I'm sure that'll cause them great pain. <laughs> I know. I know. They'll be very disappointed by that. When Mitt Romney is <laughs> duly <cutting> installed. <laughs> As president of these United States. <laughs> so. Oh, well. Moving so along. What else is new, man? Um, what else? Oh, yeah. Some kind of funny thing happened to me. I thought I was going to uh, a meeting of the Utica Marsh Council, which is uh, one of the uh, envir- local environmental groups. I yes. Tend to be involved with. I thought I was going to a uh, reception that they were holding because they did kind of an art show to benefit the the marsh. And <laughs> I, got there. I mean, I wrote it on my calendar a while back. So 
and I wasn't able to attend the last meeting they had. So if there was some kind of change, I wouldn't know about it. <laughs> so I go there. It was in the Utica Public Library. And I go up to the, you know, to the uh, whatever room they had that they were, they had the art display. And there was a big meeting taking place. And I thought, okay, I thought it was more of a reception, but okay, it appears to be a meeting. And so they're like waving me over. And so I go sit down and and they start handing me papers. I'm thinking, okay, they've got some kind of plan here. Maybe this is the Utica Marsh's master plan. I've seen it already, but it's okay. I'll take a look at it. It was it was apparently like a subcommittee of the the Utica Common Council. And I believe the mayor was there. <laughs> they were all they were all really having a heated conversation <laughs> about and I sat there for about their master plan oh, uh, for community parking? no for uh sustainable community development or oh. something. And they were just arguing about the plan and about the size of the committee. And I'm like sitting there thinking, you know, this is obviously not the meeting I was coming to. Um, maybe I should hang around. I mean, if they are talking about sustainable communities, the Utica Marsh probably can factor into this. And so I'm like looking through, you know, their their plan to see if the Utica Marsh is even mentioned. Was you know, it? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the few urban marshes, you know, know. in the country. And, uh, and what's yeah. so funny is most of them probably knew about the Utica Marshes master plan, which includes, you know, kind of a uh, a center, you know, and uh, a, an extension of the bike path and all these things that would fit very well with what their plan was. So I thought, okay, well, I'll hang out for a little while. And well, maybe part of their I plan could... is like harbored redevelopment, right? I mean, kind of like. That sort of. Oh, do you mean Harbor Point? The yeah, well, like yeah, the the sort of canal harbor. That that, that is yeah, that is fa a factor in, in the master plan. However, I did not see that mentioned either. In mm. so you hung around for a while. <laughs> I hung around thinking, well, I can bring it up, I guess, since I'm here. But they were just you know having an argument, so I I just left at one point, just kind of walked off but thanks everybody thanks it was weird <laughs> yeah no, i walked out you know, <laughs> it was awkward clasping my fists and <laughs> i thought i'd be going out in brew baker fashion and that, but they all stood up and went nobody <laughs> did the hand clap <laughs> so it was a you didn't get the brew baker. <laughs> it was a reverse brew baker <laughs> i kind of timidly what do it timidly <laughs> walked out if I was able to, you know, make a little explosion in front of me, <laughs> so it would look like I just disappeared, I would have done it, but I, I couldn't do it. I had to blatantly stand up and tell the mayor to move and <laughs> move, move your fat ass. All right, mayor, get your fat ass out of here. So that was weird. <laughs> why, oh, why did it happen? It's one of the third weirdest things that have happened to me. The last few weeks. Huh. Yeah. How about you, Joe? Anything weird? Last last month you were talking about the chickens. <laughs> the oh, yeah, chicken. the chicken that was in my car. That was a chicken. Well, there's always stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his life is full of chickens. My life is filled with many strange animals. Yumping chickens. 
Usually wild animals, but occasionally chickens. And wombats. <laughs> wombats. <laughs> Heavens to Murgatroyd, Joe. Indeed. I haven't really had very much interesting happen to me, I must say. Just back and forth to work and over to circus every couple of times a week. Well, what's been happening at the campus? Any unrest? Campus unrest, yes. Fists were raised. <laughs> no. Did you see the Dalai Lama? <laughs> no, but fortunately, actually, you know, it was interesting because he was there for a couple of days. Yeah. And the big event was in between the two days that I usually go there. I go there on Monday and Wednesday, and it was on Tuesday. <laughs> Didn't right? they have a concert where, like, Dave Matthews? Yes. And, and like, Engelberg, en- Engelbert Humperdinck. <laughs> it's like, what? The, what? I, I, I didn't, didn't even know he part. was still alive. Yeah, I didn't know either. <laughs> no. He's he, yeah, he's still alive. Is he a booty? His sideburns died, but he's still alive. <laughs> um, but it was interesting because I was it, Monday is the day that I spend quite a lot of time there, and I was like walking around, and, and I thought, well, okay, they probably have him someplace on campus. You know, yeah. they said he was going to meet with classes and stuff, and I went into the student center there. Right, it's this big student center, <laughs> and there was a poster outside outside the main auditorium that they have. There's <laughs> Saying you know that there was going to be this event, it had just ended like maybe an hour before. <laughs> it was this big event that had like, it had, um, you know, of course the Dalai Lama. It had Anne Curry was was like she's from the Today Show oh, okay. was like moderating, and then there was Anne Curry <laughs> and <laughs> Lemon Curry and <laughs> no Anne Curry and uh, Peter Lemon Jello. There are other people. Um, you know, I almost said Peter Lemongello instead of Engelbert Humperdinck. <laughs> and then you bring up Anne Curry. Peter Lemongello Curry. <laughs> it was like this long list of people that were there. Was, yes. That I can somehow can't remember. But <laughs> So were they all like walking out Brubaker no. style and to yeah. Tibet? They were going <laughs> free like... Tibet. Free <laughs> Tibet. You know, <laughs> clapping the Dalai Lama out of there. But uh, I did see a television truck with an enormous antenna. You think that? Yes. It was fantastic. I'm not quite sure what, you know. <laughs> and a bunch Is of people looking spider? important. I think there's like a spider above your head, Joe. Let's go over here. Thank you. I saved Joe from a spidey. Uh, the Cheney Hammer Mill has home to many, many spiders. It was an erected. It was an erected. <laughs> And in beautiful condition. Now, it's like... Now, is the Dalai Lama trying to push the cause for having Tibet be independent? I mean, is that his reason for... Or is it just general spiritual happiness? I don't know that... I don't know that he's um, a spokesperson for Tibet independence. I think it's more Tibet about rights but it's but he could very well be i don't really know i know that they so there's no like boycott china in there or anything I, it could be it could be i don't know i i didn't <laughs> like i don't typically think, follow it think go to a walmart and say boycott china <laughs> or go to mitt romney or something yeah he, he might have a taker <laughs> i'm all against china now this week not last week, this week. I think we, uh, this country outdoes China as far as prisoner 
population, guys. Oh, we most is, certainly do. Which is pretty yeah, incredible. We, we incarcerate over 2 million people on the federal level. But it means lots of jobs, Joe. Jobs, jobs, jobs. Jobs, jobs, jobs. And more jobs. It's funny how many jobs forced labor makes. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. And they are, in fact, leasing prisoners out just like they did in the old days. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They lease them out <laughs> as cheap labor. A lot of big belly plots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and, and that, that was considered a bad thing in the big belly. I know that <laughs> that episode where they arrested people just for being strangers and then, yes. <laughs> and then they put them to work on McGowan's farm or whatever. Yes. It, it's it's exactly what they do. Yeah. <laughs> I know. They lease them out. You yeah. got the chain gang working for you. Yeah. And that's that has a long provenance in, in American history. That's yeah. That's it's, basically But what's what kills me is it was thought of as a bad thing back then in the sixties when that show, you know, The Big Valley was on. Right. Bad no. enough so they'd have an episode about that. You know? <laughs> I know. And now it's like just yeah, yeah, it's a great it's a great idea for jobs. <laughs> I know. We keep people incarcerated. We we have jobs for prison guards, and we also have companies which get to profit from the cheap labor. That's right. Isn't that great? It's win 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 win. It's win 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 money. Win, Order win. now and win a bagel. <laughs> or get us a big new Brzezinski. <laughs> Here it is. The big new Brzezinski. <laughs> I'm not sure where that came from. Poland, perhaps. <laughs> Discussing. Discussing. I'm just guessing. So, Joe. What else we got? I don't know. I I went through what I wrote down ages ago. Well, my conversation with Bolt is pretty much shot. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty pathetical. Did you enjoy the debates, Joe? I guess there's been three or four of them now. Since our last broadcast, yeah, there's been three or four. Yeah, um, no, there's been three. Three or seven. There's been three. Yes. There, there's no, there the, are two presidential. The where's Waldo? <laughs> <laughs> one, and then the, and then the smoking Joe one. Yeah, smoking Joe. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he laughed, laughed a bit. <laughs> they, of course, the next day they were like, he was completely disrespectful. <laughs> like, he laughed too much. Laughter is a sign of Alzheimer's. Or and something. then <laughs> revenge of Obamatron. Yes, uh, Obamatron really. Uh, yeah, he <clears> came back. <throat> came back. He got strong. to give Romney the hairy eyeball at one point, which yeah. was pretty funny. That's good. He had it coming. Oh, he says it coming. I'd buy a car from that man. That's all I can say. I'd buy many cars from Romney. Well, I think that's the idea. As Ryan said, he's a car guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's right. He, he is a car guy. But he always reminds me of the guy that like sold Mark that white rabbit. <laughs> telling, the salesman <laughs> telling my brother Mark that dirt was white. <laughs> after he bought the car I know. <laughs> he's walking him off the lot saying you know it's a good thing it's white too because you know dirt is white <laughs> so you, just, you see it a lot less on a white car it's like buddy <laughs> I bought the car that is such a Shut perfect Romney line too dirt is white dirt is white yes <laughs> yes Romney um, yes well you can have your cake and eat it too we'll give you Everybody gets a twenty percent tax cut. We'll we'll cut the deficit and we'll <laughs> and we'll spend more on the military. And we all get cake. 
We all get cake every get day. Cake every... And, and I ice have, cream, too. I have 14 studies <laughs> by crazy freaking right-wing think tanks <laughs> that agree with me completely. World Net Daily has looked over the numbers, and <laughs> they yeah. agree that they're numbers. It's amazing to me at all the things they never bring up at these debates. Oh, I mean, you mean like ever... poverty and war? Why and... They... But why <laughs> don't they even eating. bring up the fact that there's another couple of branches of government they never bring up the fact of course of the um judici- judiciary but they don't bring up the legislative branch either they don't talk about how uh, i mean for instance if uh certain bills that are particularly heinous come up like the ones that the the house has been passing by itself you know Right. that haven't been going anywhere would why don't they say well would you sign uh the blunt amendment would you sign you know yeah it seems like those those um the that legislation has been teed up and is would be fair game in any but kind wouldn't of that be an obvious thing to i can only think they don't want to like Obama's they don't want to put people in the spot doesn't want to bring that up because they want to pretend that the presidency is like this miracle position that you could do anything you know that they don't want to lower the office to the fact that you have to like defer to other branches of government it's so weird well they kind of have to do both work they kind of have to do both because they they do talk about about Congress, but they don't. But only as insofar as they say, oh, and I, you know, it's like Romney talking about how I can get along with Democrats and Republicans. Why in Massachusetts, <laughs> everybody loves everybody me. was a Democrat, <laughs> and I got along and compromised with them. Everybody loves. So me. let's see if you become president, you'll be compromising. You won't have to compromise with Democrats because Republicans are in control of the other two branches of government. Yeah, right. Why would you need to compromise? <laughs> So will and because you, in, so will you sign the blunt amendment? And because in opposition, <laughs> Democrats are much less effective why than Republicans. Why can't they are. just ask? Why can't he just be asked? Will you sign these pieces? Well, in the last this, the draconian it, legislation. Here's here's one, the very technical answer <laughs> is in the last debate, the rules were that the candidates couldn't ask each other questions, even though Romney did ask questions of the right. president because no rules apply to him because he's very, very rich. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, if I had been the president and I'm not, um, <laughs> you're not, well, what am I'm, I doing here with you? I'm not the president. <laughs> I'm not the president. I'm not the president. <laughs> I wish my brother George were here. <laughs> I wish my brother George were here. <laughs> <laughs> we could do like Nixon and Agnew as Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> Are you going to Scarborough Fair? <laughs> Parsley, sage, rosemary, Joe, rosemary wood. I need help. What, what does Agnew sound like? He sounded like that. <laughs> You sounded like this. I don't know. I can't remember. My Agnew sounds like this, but only at random. I really don't remember what he sounds like. Go on YouTube and find out. I'm there. I'm there. So, Joe. Go in. Yes, Scarborough.
Sorry. Sorry, Paul Copyright. Simon. Copyright. Sorry, Paul Simon. Well, actually, well, that's yeah. not that that's part he, traditional folk song. Yes, job. that part he borrowed. But the arrangement is his. Oh, yes, and brilliant it was. It's a very beautiful, 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 beautiful song. And it was a good know. recording. It was it was in the period where <laughs> it was in the period where Simon and Garfunkel about the debates make, started making good. <laughs> I want to talk about music. (laughs) Debate between Simon and Garfunkel. Simon won because he could write the songs, Joe. (laughs) Simon and Garfunkel get in a fight. Who wins? Simon, because he can do this. Are you going (laughs) to Scarborough? The pirate version. Parsley, sage, rosemary, and (laughs) arg. And grog. Mateys. Oops, sorry. So, in the debate too, they of course both pissed me off royally uh, with their about trumpeting, yeah. you know, of hydrofracking. Oh, of course, we're standing <laughs> in Romney, a Saudi Arabia worth of gas. Romney, of man, course, please. has to be the coal man, the gas man, and <laughs> several other men. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he had to like the Keystone out- Pipeline man. <laughs> he had yeah. to outdo like any asshole in the room he even had to mention how how he was pissed because the the president or, or the um the feds had like stopped some some oil drilling platform because it killed some birds yeah <laughs> killed about a dozen birds right yeah <laughs> you yeah well plus you, you know what's part of what made me laugh was the fact that first he's like ripping on china and then he's like well he didn't want to build the keystone pipeline you know okay so what's the keystone pipeline it's going to carry sludge from alberta all the toxic sludge all the way down to the gulf where it will be be distilled into 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 medium distillates you know like diesel fuel and ship straight to china it has nothing to do with this but they can't bring that up why wouldn't that be a good point to bring up joe because Obama wants to be the one that does that. Yeah, because he can't talk about anything. (laughs) It's like, well, 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 he wants to do that. That's why. (laughs) We don't want to offend any voters in the middle. (laughs) Yeah, there's that's right. Because God knows the election only takes place in four states now. Uh, Well, you know, honestly, and and this is their last. Can there ever be an assessment made that the electoral the electoral system is just not working right? Oh, it's broken. It's like, I, I'm sorry, but the election should take place in more than four states. Yeah, and I, I make this point to my Republican friends over and over again in, in New York. <clears throat> and I just, because whenever I see a sign for Romney yeah. or I see somebody talking about Romney, it's kind of like I go, huh, okay, well, that's nice. Well, it doesn't matter. Your vote is worthless <laughs> because the Electoral College makes it so that it doesn't matter if you vote for them or not, it has no effect. No effect whatsoever. You know, New what? York is going to go for Barack Obama by probably if double it, digits. If it were direct elections, then they'd have to spend all their time in the cities. They'd have to spend all their time in the big cities. But I don't understand the what the difference were. is. There's cities all over the country. Yeah, I know, but cities, t- the big urban centers, Joe, tend to be more democratic, so that's why. Yeah. Democrat party, Joe, Democrat. Yeah, party. but one way. One way you have them spending all their time in in places where there's a lot of people, and another way you but have this them this way they're spending, spending time <laughs> in rural areas, which are much more conservative, Joe, right? So that 
makes the election that makes oh, I understand they say I understand why they keep it this way but it's it also it suits both sides though it suits the you know Clintonian crats <laughs> as well as the the republic corns <laughs> well it supports the it supports the same kind of you know sort of narrow control of government right. that the senate does yeah i mean it's the same yeah, principle yeah, as exactly the senate. it's the same principle it's overweight small rural states weigh as much as gigantic urban states right. so yeah yeah it's like uh I, I, and the senate is a very powerful institution in the sense that each individual I, senator is massively powerful yeah and with the obviously with the filibuster rule and you can put a hold on legislation yeah. you don't even need a filibuster you can yeah. put hold yeah any individual things. a secret hold too yeah you could be the secret hole i mean hold <laughs> and the, of course the republicans have exercised that you know very consistently joe we should introduce a song for christ's sake oh god what do we <laughs> here lies a <the> problem <laughs> what are we playing since we're in production helping rick with his album okay well we're gonna album. play some random song that we pulled out of a sock yeah 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 well one of them is one of them we know right could be <laughs> i don't remember the name of it i would just put something on <laughs> just throw a wooden ball in there joe <laughs>
tried to get you interested You say you wish I hadn't Here, let me draw you a picture Of a priest standing over a pond He's sick in contemplation That was great. How I enjoyed that song that we planned on it was, playing. It was over three minutes. That surprised me. Yes. I didn't expect that. I learned how to tie a bow tie during that. Tie a yellow bow tie on a... on my old neck thing. <laughs> it hides my wrinkles and my chicken fricassee. <laughs> I think that's what? how the song goes. Chicken fricassee. <laughs> Joe, we should probably introduce another song. Yes. Sing as though. Here comes another song. This song might be something we played once before, except a different version of it. Yes. Um, An old-timey version of it. Yes. Everyone or the... <laughs> it might be something different. might yes. be something we've never played before. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, put it sweet on. Reason. Sweet reason. Here it comes. Bruh. But, uh, well, it might not be sweet treats. Okay, it's some song that we will pick later. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. 
Wow, that was great. That surprised me. That surprised me at how good it was. I learned how to knit during that. Yes. I knit myself a sweater. <laughs> Boston Stevens, Matt. That was last week, Joe. Oh, sorry. Last month, damn you. Oh, last month, yes. I forgot we have a monthly podcast. I mean, who does that? Okay, I think we've entertained these people quite enough. Yes. It's time to let people to go to bed. Yes, we don't have to have sleep. the longest podcast. We're not going for the longest podcast award. Yes. Not this time. Yes, we don't really want that, do we? Okay. Okay. It's time for us. It's time for us. It's time for us to go. It's time for us to go. It's time for us. It's time for us. It's time for us to go. It's time for us to go. It's time for us to go. Don't forget to vote. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Vote. No, because, yeah. Do vote. Get out there and if you live in a swing state particularly. Vote for Mitt Romney. No! <laughs> so we could have this, the figurehead for Sectopia. <laughs> Don't listen to him. Don't. Off the caps. <laughs> no, no. Okay, we're gone right. now. I'll see you. Take care. Thank you. Here we go. Well, that's all we've got. This is Big Green, brought to you by a collection of derelicts and old fixed address. Um, and uh, God knows. And Nescafe. And Nescafe. <laughs> but we'll keep saying that until they send us money. Nescafe, Nescafe. Nescafe. <laughs> Find out more about us at big-green.net. Follow my Twitter feed at BigGreenJoe. That's where you're complaining. Who complained to him? Say hi to everybody you know. 